Hi and welcome to our bandwidth, your source for everything you need to know about the technologies, trends and concepts that are steering our industry today. We hope you enjoy this episode and if you do, please subscribe. Okay, hi and welcome to another hour of bandwidth. And uh, this week we're lucky enough to be joined by Nathan from Deep Secure. Welcome. Thanks, David. You're welcome. So, Nathan, what do you do for Deep Secure? Uh, so, I'm the solutions director, which means I look after uh, a number of our sort of cross pursuit functions. Uh, that includes our pre sales solutions architects. Yep. Uh, we have a team also of professional services consultants who are on site delivering our solutions. Uh, they also perform our support function, and finally, I have a partner enablement function which looks after um, our channel and helps them in their training and, and onboarding to Deep Skill. Fantastic. So, I think let's go start of a ten, okay? Now, uh, I I know sort of, but what is Deep Secure? I, I'm fascinated to understand, you know, what you are. To you know, I, I think you're probably not one of the flagship sort of uh, freemium type. Uh, vendors, you're very much an, well, from, from our perspective, an enterprise-grade vendor. So could you give us sort of the overview of who are Deep Secure and, and what's the fundamental thing that the company does? Okay, so um, not many people have heard of Deep Secure. We have been sort of buried away uh, for a number of years working on um, government solutions and um, sort of uh, defence. Yep. Uh, our heritage uh, began around 2009. We were a spin-out from what was ClearSwift. Uh, and we had a technology in those days which was very much about deep inspection. Yep. So we were very good uh, at pulling content apart, breaking it down to its fundamental components, and then pulling out threats, and okay. then building it back up again and giving it to the user, the content. So hence, hence the deep secure. You're looking Indeed, deep, very deep. deep. Yeah. Very deep. Um, in fact, um, we're well recognized for our ability to go right down to uh, discrete labels in documents and that sort of thing. So that's our heritage. Mm -hmm. uh, about two or three years ago, our CTO um, recognized that deep content inspection was not really going to be fit for purpose in the way these advanced threats are coming into yep. Uh, organizations and, and particularly in those days the government and networks and so on so uh, he developed a solution which works using content transformation which is quite a different technique um, so moving forward uh, in 2016 deep secure uh, released a platform called content threat removal yeah uh, this platform is a major breakthrough in the ability to defend uh, your networks and your uh, users against uh, weaponized content, yep. but uniquely without the ability or, or the need, sorry, to actually detect the threats. So we actually uh, we actually uh, can remove threats from content, but we don't have to actually detect them. Yeah. So so for for the listeners at home, I was pulling a bit of a funny face here because I think every single. Uh, no, Every single vendor we come, have come in here has a detection system. They're like, you know, our, our bread and butter is we do deep packing inspection, we find problems, we, we then either rectify them ourselves or then we send them on to other pieces of software to do the sort of ramp, you know, rectification. Explain what you mean, because it's a very interesting product pitch. Um, okay, so, uh, so in, a, in, a, in a basic uh, sort of uh, function, we take a document and we assume uh, it's hostile. Yeah. So... Uh, we take a very um, strong stance that all content is hostile. Uh, we apply a process called content transformation, and we deliver a brand new 
document to the user. So for example, let's say, David, I want to email you a PDF. Yeah. So I send you the email, attach a PDF, and between me and you is a deep secure platform. The platform receives the email and stops it on the boundary and says, right, okay, I don't trust this attachment because I have no way of knowing uh, what's good or bad. So, so it if transforms I'm, it into a brand new PDF. It transforms it into a brand new PDF. Um, and we have a two-step transformation process. Mm. So we extract the information from the PDF, uh, and then we turn it into something very simple, a very simple structure, um, uh, what we call a, a simple representation of the original complex document. Yeah. So as we know, the complex formats, um, PDF being extremely complex, uh, is a way that the attacker can hide uh, their uh, malware. Yeah. Uh, they might do it in a way that is uh, what we call in the industry zero day. Therefore, there's no signature to detect it yeah. right now. Uh, so uh, by performing this transformation process, we lift out the business information from that document. And then we turn it into something very simple. And then we render a brand new file. Wow. Uh, so this is a brand new piece of data. And inside that data, we render the uh, information from the original back into the brand new file and deliver that to the user, which is quite a new concept for the industry. So uh, the immediate question from, from me is, how do you know that you're not copying over into the new file the bad things that were hidden in there? Indeed. So um, what we're effectively doing is um, a document will come in, and it's probably, it may have some active content in there. So um, what's really interesting here is what we're not doing is looking for the threat so yeah. we're not trying to find the threat in the document. We're actually trying to bring out, extract the useful information. So by that, if, if I receive a document, I will look for the images, the text, the tables, the fonts, uh, that sort of thing. I'm going to lift that out. Yep. Um, the second stage process, so it's a two-stage transformation, the second stage process lets us verify that we can't build something that's going to be executable when we re-render it on the inside. So uh, we extract the information. We verify it, we build a brand new data file and put this information back in the file and deliver it to, to, to the user. And that's bi-directional. So, so you do it outbound as well? Yeah. Wow. So this is so there's there's uh, two um, sort of fundamental use cases we solve here. We deal with unknown threats, undetectable threats coming into the business. Mm -hmm. And we deal with, on the outbound channel, we deal with uh, the issue of covert data loss. <coughs> so... This is um, you know, quite a powerful solution when you're plumbing it into your egress points for your web browsing or your email gateway. You do it for web as well? So our, um, our, our platform is, is quite um, modular. Mm -hmm. So we have an SMTP gateway and we have a web plugin. And the web plugin is fantastic for um, the channel because actually we call this an insertion technology, yep. which means uh, customers with existing um, web gateways. So we're talking about McAfee, Semantic, those sorts of guys. Yeah. We will connect into those using ICAP and provide the means to transform the content when it's being uploaded or downloaded. So if I'm browsing to, say, um, a site where I want to pull down a, a, a document, it could be an Excel spreadsheet, a PDF file, it comes into your proxy, the proxy delivers it to our platform, we transform it and deliver a brand new file to the user. Wow. And it happens really quick. So the next question we get is, well, hold on a minute, you're building something brand new. Yeah. So... Uh, well, and this is why I said you do it with the web, because I would have thought that your platform would have, and understandably, introduced quite a latency 
Well, so interesting questions. We get this, we get asked this a lot. But I can uh, imagine because everyone must think you're yeah. literally rewriting and recreating everything that comes into my organisation. Yes, that's got to have a huge overhead. But except, remember, we're not actually looking for the threat, so we, no, have no, we don't yeah. have a database. We're not looking like a, 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 a signature file or you know, a huge database of um, things to check for. Yeah. So all we care about is extracting, verifying, and building something new. And, and, and importantly, yeah. delivering this uh, not only very fast, but also in its native uh, format. So if, if you're downloading a Word file or an Excel spreadsheet or a PDF or an image, what you really want to receive is the same format that you were trying to download. Mm -hmm. So we don't flatten anything. Um, we build something that is, uh, from the user experience perspective, what they expect to receive. So you can edit your PDF or your Word file or your Excel spreadsheet, just like you would if it was the original. That's incredible. It is, yeah. We, like, we, we call it pixel perfect. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of explains to the user, actually, you know, if I'm downloading something, it's, it's what I expect to receive. And, I mean, are there limitations on, on, on file sizes? So if I'm sending sort of videos to you know other people i suppose there's a limitation on what email can fundamentally um transmit but if you're looking at the web if i'm downloading like a youtube video or if i'm downloading something something big like gigs of content yeah so I there's mean, does that sort of give you issues or um so there are some things to sort of uh, discuss here really i guess so we have certain data types we support Mm -hmm. uh, so we need to make sure what the customer wants to transform we can support on our yep. platform. Now, we have all of the usual um, what we call office productivity uh, formats yep. built in. So, so DocX, DocX Excel, Excel, that sort of thing. Um, we've got um, Adobe, obviously, for yep. um, PDFs. We have... Um, support for some structured content, um, not so relevant for upload, download, but if you were putting us in between a, uh, a web application server and that sort of thing, then we can do structured stuff like JSON, XML, cool, which works at um, very fast transaction rates. Um, and we also deal with image formats, which will come on to a little bit later when we talk about steganography, which is... Uh, we're looking forward to. Yeah, it's quite, <laughs> it's, it's quite an interesting subject. Um, and uh, so we have all the usual image formats. now. Yep. Uh, we are because we're connected into the side of the proxy. We on web upload download. We are obviously very much attached to the performance of the proxy itself. Yeah. So if you've got um, you know an array of proxies that are uh, putting in you know, browsing content and pulling stuff in, then we need to size our solution based on the proxy gateway, uh, and, and we can do that quite well. You can also uh, one of our clients uh, we're talking with. They want um, you know a few of our appliances to be focused just on um, some PDF content, mm -hmm. and then the rest would do, deal with the remainder of the traffic. Yep. Um, for them, PDFs are quite an important part of their business, so they want to give the priority to that traffic. Um, so performance-wise, we can scale up and, and across as needed. Um, the platform it, it's either in a physical box, but most clients look at virtual these days, and yep, of course. You know, it works very well in virtual. Fantastic. So. I think one of the things I love about this, and, and I must admit, I wasn't expecting to have this this sort of conversation, but I love that it's there is literally no false positives, and that's probably one of the biggest problems we find today with security solutions is the amount of effort that's got to go in to getting it from out the box to something that really building all the rules, building all of the understanding of of that particular customer, and and all that piece, the the services engagement on most 
some most security technologies is just huge and, and continuous and it terrifies end users because even then they've got the CEO screaming and shouting that the security platform has blocked him or stopped him getting something or stopped him sending something and it's a nightmare. But your solution just eradicates this. It does, but then that also leads to the question of um, what information can you send to Mossock to tell me what you've removed? Okay, so, this is true. So uh, the efficacy of the solution... Um, so so we, we obviously say we deal with all the zero-day threats mm-hmm. um, because, remember, we're not looking for the threat. We're bringing out the business information and putting it into a new document. Yep. So um, one of our clients said, well, it's, like, it's a bit like a business information firewall. Um, so and it's kind of that's what we're doing. Um, but then, of course, uh, we, we sort of leave behind a threat naturally. So it's left behind in the old data. The yep. old data never comes through the platform. Uh, it can't reach the user. So we don't allow the attacker any influence over the data on the inside. Um, but then how can you tell me what you've removed? Uh, so the, the quick answer is we can't. Uh, but actually what we can give you is the ability to go back in time. So let's take a scenario. Um, so David, you're browsing through the gateway and you want to pull down a PDF. Yep. Um, this PDF... Uh, may have a threat in it, we don't know. We treat the, th- the, the PDF as always hostile, so we will sure extract the information, uh, build a new file and deliver you the new one. Um, what we can do is keep hold of the original and put that into a data lake. And by doing that, we're keeping an archive of what's happened today. Yep. Uh, let's say in two weeks' time, McAfee comes along and says, uh, there's a new Trojan out there and we've got a new signature for it. Everyone update all your um, gateways and your endpoints. Um, that gives your SOC something new to go and look for. So you can go and hunt for it and you can go and hunt for that in the data you stored on the outside two weeks ago. Yep. And you can then prove that actually the deep secure platform content threat remover had your back yeah. two weeks ago. And I suppose um, you also know where that threat came from because obviously I'm assuming you're tagging all of the data with the website was downloaded from or the sender it came from so you can understand where it's come from and, and start to and I suppose one of the things that we've seen growing more and more and more in the security space over the last three to five years is collaboration and, and systems talking to systems so once you've discovered it you're not just proving the value of the deep secure platform you're also turning around saying right so here's the threat this is where it came from you know let's do something proactive around you know being able to monitor that particular sender or that particular IP address or whatever slightly more closely and things. Yeah, so all that anal- analysis data is stored um, and you can use that as part yeah. of your forensic activity. Uh, so that leads us on to the question around steganography probably. So steganography, other than uh, a dinosaur, um, <laughs> a joke of course. What is uh, So it's one of these terms that I think um, a lot of people sit in meetings and uh, and they go, and so someone mentioned steganography. Yeah. Because there's a few really good words in, in security. Um, pseudo-anonymization or whatever's one of them. Steganography is definitely another. So for all the people that nod along going, I really wish I knew what this was. It, I, I'm going to get my phone out and Google it whilst yeah. we're talking. Yeah. What is steganography? Uh, the very simple uh, explanation, I guess, of steganography is um, the ability to conceal information, uh, whether it's... Um, intellectual property or, or a threat malware yeah. um, inside a another format. So uh, here we're talking about images being used as a cover, and the cover is for uh, the information being concealed inside uh, that format. Um, 
So this is nothing new. I mean, this has been going on for years and years and years, sort of all the way back to early printing where they could hide information in, 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 in microscopic format in pictures that you couldn't see with the naked eye and yeah this is this is quite james bond sort of stuff yeah. going on here so so um but obviously we're not talking about you know literally you being able to zoom in zoom in zoom in and you see a, a sentence so we're talking slightly more no so that's what we call um overt steganography because you can see it um ah. so um if you can see something you can then detect it so that's where you'd use ocr to recognize that i've taken a picture and scrawled something on it you know, um, that's not what we're dealing with. We're dealing with the covert data loss. So the covert data loss is where it's completely invisible to me and you. Yeah. Um, what you see as the image looks like a very, very normal photograph. Um, but the digital formats uh, have a lot of redundancy in the actual um, uh, the formats. So we can use that for, or the attackers can use that format to encode information inside it. Wow. So, for example, we can take a photograph today of us sitting here and have it as a JPEG. Um, we can put that picture on our laptops and we can then take an Excel spreadsheet of all of our customers and um, encode it into the image. I can take the image and I can email it out the network uh, or I can indeed post it to Twitter. Uh, and that image will contain all that information inside it for the recipient on the outside to then decode it. Uh, and so this is completely invisible to uh, tools like data loss prevention um, or any discovery. Because well, these things are literally just looking at it going, it's .png, it, it sort of looks and smells like a picture. It is a picture, I'm assuming, is that? Am I dumbing it down too much? No, that's know. exactly what's happening. So um, it, you know, they will say, well, you know, I'm not quite sure of any customer who disables pictures across their business because everyone uses images. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, so every email footer has a picture in it. and Indeed. Um, and so so we've got two things going on here with steganography. We've got the ability to encode data inside an image and send it out your network, and that mm -hmm. can go out completely invisible. Um, so the image is recognized and goes out, but the encoded data is completely invisible. Uh, and the other problem we have now is that from the outside in, you can use images to conceal malware. Yeah. And um, so you'll start seeing things happening in, in the world where we call it like malvertising, where banner ads are being used to um, attack machines um, by concealing code inside the, the, um, the, the, the banners. Um, but more importantly, we're seeing command and control channels being opened up using wow. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so um, the ability to control a machine on the inside using a series of images uh, is quite impressive. Um, and that, again, is completely wow. invisible to uh, the, the detection platforms in place at the gateway. So, I mean, how on a, I mean, surely you need to, I don't know, download or interact with the pictures, do you? Or, or is, well, it, is so it passive almost, as long as you visit the site? There's a couple of stages. So um, in the in the command and control example, um, so we know we talked about at the start of the call about weaponized um, content. Yep. So if I can get you to open this PDF file and it can invisibly drop off something on your machine, which is quite straightforward to achieve, um, then I can use that dropper to uh, receive communication from images from Twitter. Yep. And so what's happening here is that the file I've dropped off on your machine is um, communicating to a, a known hashtag on Twitter. And when the hashtag meets the dropper on the local machine, 
it will decode the message in the image. Huh. And the message could be something as simple as, um, go to Dropbox and pull down this file, or, okay, that could be ransomware, um, or go to GitHub and get this code. Blimey. Uh, it could be, um, go to your C drive and take this image and, and then take your My Documents folder and put it all in there and send it out to me. So this is the sort of challenges we're seeing out there with, with um, steganography. Uh, but of course, it's completely under, well, some forms of steg are undetectable. Um, some forms of steg are discoverable. And that's, a, that's an interesting conversation in itself. Yeah. So, so uh, the, 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 the deep secure solution deals with both. So all forms of steganography are dealt with. Yeah. So the process of transformation um, simply kills off steganography. So if you're receiving or sending um, information uh, and something's been concealed, it will be destroyed. The data that's hidden will be destroyed. Yeah. The, the original file will arrive. So if you're trying to send data outside via Twitter, the image of the nice uh, cats. cats. We'll go cats, yeah. <laughs> uh, will arrive in the Twitter platform and you'll see a picture. Um, but the, the, the data loss channel has been disrupted. Yeah. Data is no longer inside. There's no covert data inside that image. Um, there are some ways of um, sort of mashing two documents together, let's say, mm -hmm. which um, some people call steganography. But simply appending data to a, a file and sending it out the network could be discovered because you're not doing anything really special. You're just sort of no. gluing two bits of data together. Yeah. Um, so whilst the naked eye with a picture would look normal, when you go and analyze the file, you can see, oh, hold on a minute, someone's just tried to put an Excel spreadsheet on the back of that image. Well, you know, I can see that. Um, what we're dealing with here at Deep Secure, while we deal with that both discoverable steganography, we are dealing with the undetectable steganography. Um, and because we don't need to detect, we just transform, yeah, yeah. Uh, we automatically deal with the problem. That's so clever. Because um, you know, we, we're starting to see more and more of these very covert, almost proxies to command and control centers yeah. that are, you know, because at the end of the day, no, no self-respecting company in the world is going to block Twitter or Facebook or any of these, you know, and, and so traffic going out to them, it's not like traffic going to China, which is, many other sort of states I'm sure exist where command and control centers exist. Um, but, you know, it's not like you, you it's obviously detectable that the traffic's going out there. So it fools the firewall, it fools the web application filter. And as you say, this is a way of not just stopping it, but completely eradicating the problem because you're literally transforming everything to something different. Yes, so um, the file looks the same when it's transformed. Yeah. But it's not the same data. No. Uh, and that's the key. So by performing that transformation process, we actually remove the threat by default. Yeah. Uh, but we're not looking for the threat. No. So that, that sort of is, is the whole concept of the uh, content threat removal platform. Um, and uh, we often run this demo with clients at shows and events and that sort of thing. And visually, it's quite a powerful demonstration because you can have a file, um, you know, a 100K image of a cat is the one we like to use. Everybody likes cats. Um, and uh, we take the information from an ebook. We have a we have a complete copy of the Pride and Prejudice uh, Jane Austen um, uh, text into that picture. Um, into the picture? Into the picture. That's incredible. Uh, it's 14,000 lines of text that will be spread across the redundancy of the image. 
it's completely invisible to the user, the naked eye, um, and that will go out the network without being detected. So the, when you put it in context of um, what's possible, the art of the possible with um, you know, your intellectual property, this could be recipes for a pharmaceutical company. This could be, if you're in oil and gas, this could be yeah, your... Yeah, of course, all your, your trade secrets. Your trade secrets. Could be exfiltrated very yeah. easily. And it could be, you know, financial services. We, we, we you know, it's uh, the whole trading algorithms from your trading floor being yeah. hidden inside files. Um, this is quite real. Uh, and, and these are the threats that we are dealing with um, through this, this transformation process. That is incredible. And I suppose, same, same thing... You'd store it in a data warehouse or in a, in a you know, data lake until such point at which you had some threat hunting to go and do, and then you'd, you'd look through and, and see if you could find, you know. I mean, so my question would be, <coughs> so obviously organizations would love that, you know, the, the ability to stop data being exfiltrated. But do you have a proactive mechanism then to go and search for rogue employees who are seeing this up? Because obviously you're removing the ability to send the data out. But what happens when um, you know, someone has tried, failed, but they're not being caught for it? Do you have a, do you have a methodology or a, a way of working with other bits of software to, to actually go and do some proactive searching for images that have been altered? Yeah, so that, that's kind of the purpose of having <coughs> that data lake so we can store the evidence. Mm. Um, even though, um, so remember that we, we, you know, we, we say all, all uh, data is hostile, so yep. we're going to transform everything. So that data lake includes um, good and bad, and we don't know what is good and bad. Yeah. Uh, but you still have all the files. Uh, now we've said that steganography, uh, some forms of steg are undetectable mm -hmm. and will always remain undetectable. Um, but of course, what you start to build up is a um, a trend of activity. So it might be that David, you're sending out a, a tweet of a cat every day, once a day. At you know midday, yeah. Um, why are you doing that? So it could we be cats. Uh, yeah, exactly. You love cats, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be as simple as you know them building up that that view of you know what's going on. And that's not um, that's not something that we do as a vendor. That's something that we would give yeah. the information to other vendors to actually go and analyze. So I suppose wrapping wrapping it up now. You know, what are, how did the channel get involved? You know, what what sort of um, do you have? I'm assuming you have a channel program and. We do. So we're a new partner to Arrow. Yep. Uh, but we have a very well-established um, channel program ourselves. So uh, we have all the training um, courses in place. So uh, the channel um, enablement program includes sales training, yep. technical training. Yep. Uh, we, we make sure, uh, because it's quite a different message, you know, people come to us and get training on... Um, a new way of uh, removing threats without detecting them so everyone will understand what that means and the challenges around um, yeah. how do you explain it to a customer because this is some, somewhat you're saying it's a bit of a leap of faith them saying well I can't tell you what I've removed but I, I have removed it uh, so you have to go through all those um, sort of um, hurdles and challenges to get around those conversations so that's part of our sales and technical training and of course, the technical training will go quite deep into steganography uh, and other forms of threats that we just natively remove, like fileless malware problems and yeah. um, polymorphic files, those sorts of things. So Ones that change and adapt. And change and adapt. But of course, when we transform them, we transform them only to one view. So in the regard, if you're trying to be, if, if an attacker is trying to get in by saying, you know, this is a quite harmless picture, but actually it's a script, what you get 
on the transformation process is a harmless picture. So this is the sort of technical training that we give as part yeah. of the um, channel. Fantastic. Yeah. So if someone wants to get involved, you know, how would you advise them to sort of start? You reach out to yourselves, reach out to the Arrow account managers, you know? Oh, absolutely get involved with the Arrow account managers. Um, we have uh, a pre-sales uh, resource allocated um, and we have a, um, a, a great partner guy on our side called Ruben who's very much in, in, engaged with the Arrow team. Uh, we have, uh, you know, very easy ways of doing POCs. We've built a scripted POC in Perfect. Amazon. So we can, you can literally press a button on Amazon's platform, go and make a cup of tea and come back, and we've built you a complete uh, proxy with desktop machine and our CTR platform oh, wow. ready to go. Um, it's really easy to get people to actually see, touch, feel it. Very, very easy. And we've also then given you a load of um, uh, canned scenarios that you can run through, including here's some stacked pictures, um, see what happens when you transform them, uh, and various other content types. You can run through the whole um, platform and how we deal with all these um, very, very targeted, sophisticated threats. Fantastic. Well, look, Nathan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been great to uh, understand and, and find out about what not detecting threats and how powerful that can actually be as a security technology. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Arrowbound really hope you enjoyed it and if you did please subscribe and please check out our other fantastic podcasts in the bandwidth network see you again next week